Hello, everybody. This is uh, the Universal Dialect Show. This is show number 12. Uh, about three hours ago, I did an interview with someone else. Now I'm doing overtime with an awesome guest. Uh, they call him uh, Bigfoot Stacy. Is that correct? Is that yes, one sir. of your nicknames? Uh, yeah. Stacy Brown Jr. Uh, he's a paranormal investigator, a director, an actor, writer, producer, I believe still a musician. Are you still doing music or... Uh, yes, actually, I am. <laughs> okay, so then what don't you do? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess uh, I don't work a nine to five. Dude, please send me that magic because I don't want to work a nine to five anymore, man. <laughs> I'm so, yeah, well, so what I, I okay, so and this is what I suggest to everyone. Like, I still, I still do work to make money, but I do gig work. Right. So, like, I'm gonna shoot a commercial for this guy this week uh and i'm building a podcast studio for a florida technology council awesome dope ass podcast studio (laughs) (laughs) like but it's just like hey here's a budget buy everything you would do if you were doing it but anyway so i do things like that but i just see like a nine to five because i had them they're a security blanket you can look down the road and you know, all right, hey, I got I got a job, so I'm going to be able to take care of this car payment. I'm going to be able to have stuff for my kids come Christmas. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so there's a certain value in that. But you get into this monotonous lifestyle. Correct. You know what I mean? Where it's the same shit every single day. Gr- Groundhog day. Right. Over and over again. Over and over and over again. And and to me, I've had some deaths of my friends, right? Um, people who loved life, people who even like lived it more full than I ever could imagine. And you know, uh, with my nine to five, yeah, I guess you have to. What makes you rich, right? Like, is it money that makes you rich? Uh, or is it experiences? You know what I mean? And these people that live there, they just live it. They, they, they bet in themselves, you know, and, uh, I learn a craft and then I'm like, I'm just going to go with it. See, see what happens. And the money's always there, you know, but it's a big step to take, take that security blanket away. And I think a lot of people would rather have the security blanket than the uh just the mystery of what life's gonna bring your way <laughs> you know so uh <laughs> so so do you and, practice manifesting i do i do but not until recently um but that's not really the thing for it because like i i used to stress over money stress over deadlines um because these all these things that i do like you said, I'm I'm making films, right? I'm editing one right now, uh, and then when I'm done with that one, I'm gonna be editing another one. I got I have deadlines and all this stuff that I give myself so I can continue to move forward, continue to grow, right? Continue to be pushing out new content, um, and that I add stress to you, like you you just get stressed out whether you're going to work or whatever. But like if your truck all of a sudden breaks down, you spend like a good two to three days flipping out 
Well, how are you going to catch up? How are you going to get ahead? Yada, yada, yada. Uh, but at some point, you have to look back and realize, and hopefully it's before you're 50, that it's going to work out. Whatever uh, bad thing comes, as, as bad as it always seems, it's going to work out. The universe takes care of you. You know, uh, and some people be like, well, hey, God will provide for you. Jesus will provide for you. But you have to get up and go and do it. You know, so you just have to take that leap of faith. I'm betting on myself. I'm jumping off. <laughs> and, you know, and, and it it just always seems to work out. Right, right. Well, I mean, you can add a motivational speaker to your repertoire if you really wanted to. I think <laughs> you should start doing mm -hmm. that. Cause just that's that something little, I actually yeah. it's something I actually want to do one day. Not necessarily like motivational speaking. Maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, but I, I'd like to talk to people who are like battling drug addiction and things right. like that. <clears throat> right. You know what right. I mean? I'd like you'd to be, be great at it though. If you do it, you'd be great at it. Just that little that little section that you just <laughs> talked gave me gave me hope. You know, because I'm starting. I'm brand new. I'm an older guy, and I'm always I'm always worried about the future. You know. None of that matters. Your age doesn't matter. Skin color doesn't matter. Look around you. Everybody has succeeded, right? right. And our, all representations of people have succeeded. You can do it too. You, you can't tell me those people, you know, all got lucky or none of them started out from being poor or anything, but you just have to have faith in yourself and trust in whatever you believe. You know what I mean? Because let's say God's not real. Putting faith in something and living a certain way, no matter what it is, will put you in a better place. Because you have motivation. You now have motivation to do something. Whether you think something's judging you or, you know, uh, you just have a motivation to be the biggest rap star in the world. Whatever it is. If you have a goal... And you know that's what you want to do. Get up off the couch. Quit watching TikTok. Go do your shit. People spend all this time watching people live their lives on TikTok. Yet they're laying on a couch hours and hours and hours a day not living their life. And so we make these celebrities. We make these people because we're giving them views by not using our only time we get here. Because I got news for you. You ain't going to come back. I ain't going to come back. None of us are getting another go round. At least in this experience. Make the most of it. Quit watching these people enjoy themselves. Quit telling yourself you can't do it. You want to go to Aspen and ski? Or do some hot tub time machine stuff? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Save up for it. Right. Make your way to it. And then go do it. But like people, they, they get in this... I don't know, man. It's just this, it's this like we're on a damn busy ass freeway and you just got in traffic and now you're just going with the flow. You know, it's like that. Take the red pill, step out, let a little chaos into your life, make right. it interesting. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. What's the worst that can happen? You go get a normal job again. Right. And file bankruptcy. I guess that could probably be the worst that happened. Yeah. So what? You're still alive. 
you still got another chance. And I, <laughs> uh, I and that's the way I look at it. That's awesome, brother. All right, Stacy, get into your origin story because I know that you are known for Bigfoot, but obviously you're you're bigger than that. Um, we're about to find out. Um, just go into your origin story, like your upbringing, where you were born, um, and what led you down the path that you are on right now. Okay, so um, I'm 38, born in Walcala, or wasn't born in Walcala County, Florida. <laughs> Let me take that back. Because, <laughs> like, Walcala County, Florida, when I moved here, but nothing but dirt roads. So if you were born here, you was in a bad way, probably. Anyways, I was born, uh, I want to say Tifton, Georgia. Came down here, Walcala County, Florida, when I was about um, three. Okay, so... We lived in this neighborhood. It was in the middle of nowhere, right? Um, the back side of the county down by the coast. Most of the roads in the town were dirt. Uh, very southern place. And you just had this neighborhood that was off in the middle of nowhere. And so we were able to run the roads all the time, you know, freedom and stuff. And then so when I was six or so, maybe earlier than that, but my dad had always been this guy who watched the UFO shows and Unsolved Mysteries and stuff like that. So I was brought up kind of watching that stuff. Um, I've seen so that's, Unsolved Mysteries. That's your introduction into, into that sort of stuff, right? Through yeah, your dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so we're watching Unsolved Mysteries. I think I'm six and I see the footage, uh, the, uh, Sheely footage out of the Everglades. Yes. And I'm like, hold up. Bigfoots are here. We've got skunk apes here. And like I said, I live in the middle of nowhere. Our County will always be 75% national forest. Always. And so back then you only had about five of the 5% of the County developed. Because it's okay. protected. Yeah, yeah, right. So that 25% that's left that we can develop, only about 5% was done back then. Uh, wow. Probably around 20% right now, I would say, maybe 15 Um, But so swamps everywhere, and I'm out there looking for the skunk ape <laughs> when I was like six. I'd take my friends. Uh, my dad had this Panasonic VHS camcorder, and I'd shoulder up with that we're headed to the woods you know because uh, right across the street was the woods like everywhere is the woods and uh we'd hear something and we'd all come running out of the woods real fast but we'd have like nunchucks and machetes and bb guns with us because we were we were gonna do some goonies type stuff you know what i mean <laughs> we were gonna run into it and uh that was really what got it started um but i I was always into sports, you know, grew up huge Dolphins fan, uh, Dan Marina. That yep. dude had a major impact on my life, uh, you know, because he, he just, to me, was the best. I, I watched all the quarterbacks. I would have never rather had anybody else. The man was so competitive. The way right. he the way he would get mad at himself, you know, and that and the influence that he had on everybody else because – they could suck the whole game. But if he got the ball with like a minute and 10 seconds left, he would rally those guys 
to to win. They believed it, you right. know, and uh, so he he had a huge impact, and then so <clears throat> played sports, wrestling. Uh, was really into wrestling for a while. I was actually good at it. Uh, it was something I didn't think I would, you know, because I was small. So when I wrestled the kids in the neighborhood, I get my ass, you know. But that was just like that was wrestling, I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the Greco Roman was a little right. bit different. I wrestled somebody my own weight and stuff like that. And I was like lanky, so it worked out. Um, and kind of got away from Bigfoot. I always still talked about it, you know, always still thought it was interesting. Uh and then I got out of wrestling into a rock band and started pursuing that. Uh you know, we did we did really well. We opened for some big national acts. Right. Um, was it metal or just like best basic it was rock? Grunge, it was grunge, grunge. Okay. Yeah, like uh, Nirvana, Queens of the Stone Age type right. thing. Um, and yeah, we 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 were young and we were on the radio and like we were. I was like like I talked about before that motivation. Correct. I wanted to be Kurt Cobain. Yeah, I mean, when he was alive, not, <laughs> you know what I mean? I wanted to yeah, be yeah, that. Yeah. And so I, I always thought, you know, hey, I can go do it. I think the only two people in the world that have listened to their kindergarten teacher when they told them you can be anything you ever want to be was me and Donald Trump. I think it's the only two people that took that literally. Because <laughs> Somebody told that man he could be president at one point, and he believed it. And <laughs> so he maybe, did it. Maybe, maybe they shouldn't have done that. But, uh, you know. I mean, you know. <laughs> it is what it is. But uh, he, uh, yeah, I don't forget what I was saying. No, I was rambling. Uh, but, oh, yeah, keep so going, bro. You're good. That motivation, uh, you know, because I had told my – my first grade teacher, which is real funny because I had told her that I wanted to be a monster hunter. And she told me, no, you can't do that. It's not a real job. Okay. <laughs> Damn. Okay. All right. All you right. Show her. I, yeah, I did. In 2014, I got awarded a research grant from, uh, from, from Spike TV. And so then I was a professional monster hunter because now i had and i that's what i did i was like i'm gonna pay myself a bigfoot hunt and then right after that i rolled into some movie um with tom green and les stroud and they yeah. paid me they paid me like a stupid amount i think like right. a year's salary for like a month that's not the pit right uh, no 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 uh that's interviewing monsters and bigfoot that 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 exists that movie exists yeah yeah, it's on. Okay. You can get it on Prime. It's okay, on Prime I'm, right now. I'm watching that. Uh, so <laughs> I love Tom it's Green. A, it's a comedy, right? I love Tom and Green. so when I went there, like that when they first hit me up. Anyways, this is rambling. Now we're on a no, different. Go thing. ahead. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, all right. Whatever. Yeah. So uh, when they hit me up, I thought it was a joke because they're like, "Yo." I want you to be in a movie. I want you to play yourself. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pay you $2,500 a day. Oh, shit. And the movie is with Tom Green, Les Stroud, and Jerry Springer and Jesse, <laughs> and Jesse Combs. Oh, wow. Right? Okay. Jerry Springer ended up not being in the film. NBC had some contract dispute. They didn't want him in it. Um, but anyway, uh, 
I grew up watching Tom Green, you know, and like my son, after he got out of the Barney phase, he went to Survivor Man. So I done. I was like, what? You want me to, you know, do this film? And so I went out there, did my weekend, and during my weekend there, they they offered me a full-time gig, a main role in the film. Uh, They were impressed with me, and I would be Tom Green's nemesis, and Les Stroud's assistant. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and so then I just got a huge role in the movie, right? And uh, it was really fun. It's fun making it, you know. Uh, I felt it could have been better, but <laughs> I've talked to people that love it. I don't know right. what the hell. I mean, it's more like that Napoleon Dynamite, I guess, kind of comedy, and that's not really my comedy. Like dry more, comedy almost. Yeah, dork comedy, I guess, for oh, a okay. nice word. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, it's right. like no, yeah, it's just kind of slow. <laughs> uh I'm more of a like a Dave Chappelle, Tosh Daniel Tosh <laughs> comedian, you know. I mean, you. That stuff's fun to me fun to me. They they're really like wild and out there and, and chuckle me. But anyways, a lot of people loved it. Uh, you know, and it was it was a blast to make. There's this like Peter versus the chicken. Do you remember that on Family Guy? I do remember that. Yes. Okay, so they would have these just like epic fights all over the place. <laughs> so uh, I have a Peter versus the chicken fight with Bigfoot, like riding in the back of a truck and That's fighting, sick. going down the road, and pretty. You know, it was pretty cool. So That's sick. a lot of good memories of that. I became great <clears throat> friends with Les. Uh, you know, and I know Tom, like, we partied at Vincent Price's mansion, right? Like, we're we're sitting there on the back porch over this lake, you know, singing uh, Major Tom to the top of our lungs, <laughs> playing the guitar. We're all jamming on the guitar right. and play. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, because Les is a, is, a, is a musician, and so is Tom Green. So is Tom, yeah. And so we had a big jam session for like four mm. hours and got wasted, and it was a blast. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> those moments, like, who gets to do this? Like you know what I'm saying? Like I, I get I get to do this right now with these people. Like, you know what I mean? Uh who would have thought five years ago if I'd have told myself I'd have been doing that? Right. Nah, I get out of here. You know what I'm saying? But it was it was it was it was fun, man. I'll, that that film will always hold like a special place. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Um, Tom. Tom was in a rap group. I don't know if he told you that. Um, there's actual. He like, played he... some of his rap stuff. Yeah, his new rap stuff. And uh, <laughs> it's Tom Green, bro. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, I gotta plug no, my, no. my laptop up. Don't uh, worry about it, man. It's all good. All right, where is my charger? So, listen, dude. Um, I know this might be somewhat of a, a sensitive topic, but RIP to your father. But uh, um, I know that I've seen him in interviews, and he comes across as as a awesome individual. Can you talk a little bit about him? Like, you know. Because I know I believe he was a veteran, if I'm not mistaken. Uh yeah, yeah. Hold on one second. I gotta yeah. just let's see. Him. Okay, cool. So let me see if I can set it. I'll just hold it right here. Uh yeah. So all right, there we go. Sorry to get no, that thing plugged up. The laptop started <laughs> going dead. Uh yeah, my dad was a veteran, um, a ranger. 
You know, he got uh, he got disabled disabled to get Crohn's disease when he was in the Rangers. So uh, he was medically discharged. You know, uh, out of the Marines or not Marines, the Rangers, and uh, you know, that was uh, I guess he spent about three or four years in there, um, right. early eighties, and but by the time I was born, he was sick. You know, he, he uh. I grew up worrying about him, you know, and it did. Um, but we did uh, everything together, right? You know, it was fun. He was my football coach. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and we just, it was great. You know what I mean? Like it was a great childhood. But there was that once a year, he'd have to get life lighted to the hospital. You know, because like back then they didn't really have a lot of treatments for Crohn's, um, and the cases it would get bad sometimes. And so like it's it's like, I guess big ulcers all out through your colon. Yeah, right. That are just like constantly bleeding, and uh, you know, it's dealing with that. That was uh, that was always like in the back of my mind as a child. You know, um. But it was it was like I said, it was a great childhood. Um he taught me a lot, taught me about um he taught me a lot of things uh about discipline and stuff like that. Took me a long time to listen. <laughs> you know, but uh all kids do that, yeah. That's a kid thing, man. <laughs> took me a long ass time to listen. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. uh you know, he because he he was a very disciplined person. Right. Um but he'd have some nonsense. He'd have fun with you. You know what I mean? You, you'll hear there's always a no-nonsense military kind of guy. It wasn't that, you know. But uh, he taught you a lot about discipline. But at the same time, would crack jokes and cut up with you. You know, you could have fun with. So, right. He wasn't. Uh, he, he was strict, but not to the point where it was overbearing. He knew probably when to let up and when to joke yeah. around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, because I think. Think back on it. I got a lot of whippings when I was a kid. They were all deserved. Like <laughs> you know, like I, it, when I look back on me as a child, it's like ah, I'm glad. I don't know. I didn't have to deal with it. My kids aren't that bad. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> my kids are bad, but they're not like that. And so I was like, "Damn, Daddy, I'm sorry." You yeah, know? <laughs> I'm sorry, bud. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, man, for sharing that. And the reason why I bring your dad up is because you had a an amazing experience with him in 2011. Can you get into that? Like what led up to you filming with your father, that skunk ape? It's that infamous video that's shown on countless documentaries and TV shows. Like what led up to that? And and then the aftermath of that video, if you don't mind. Right on. So um, my dad had gotten uh, kidney cancer. Okay. And we had been big footing uh nothing real serious we had a few game cams we had some pheromone chips uh and a gps so more or less it was so we could get out of the house and away from like the women <laughs> they don't want to go to the swamp like uh, we can just go out here and hang out man you know just me and you so we've been doing that a few years and um uh, but like i said it wasn't wasn't nothing serious and then we had seen Finding Bigfoot. A show came out, 
and they had a lady on the second episode from Florida uh, about an hour away from us that had a huge handprint on the inside of her back door. Yeah, it was like a greasy handprint, right? Yep. yep. I remember that episode. So I looked her name up. Uh, They put it on TV, called her up. She's like, hey, come out in November when it's not so hot. This was like June uh, because I was... I was, uh, when I called her, I was, uh, it was during my break. I was playing down at the riverside. It's so like acoustic singing cover songs, thing for money. Um, so she told us to wait till November. And my daddy got sick by that time. So my bass player went with me. We had an encounter. Uh, and so I was sold. I'm like, what was, what right. was the encounter? Uh, you know, she she had told us that she had all the Bigfoot activity there on the property. Um, and that we were the first people to ever camp on the property. Now, she had 30 acres, but there was another like 5,000 around her that was like hunting lease. Wow, besides, that's huge. Bes- yeah, besides the KOA, there was nothing else all the way to the interstate, which was like over a mile to the interstate. Um, but we went out there. Um, it got dark. We we went around this one part of the property and sat down where we, we had found some like weird structures. Now, you see these Bigfoot structures and some of them are like massive. You know what I'm saying? You see all these huge ones. This wasn't massive. This these things were like knee high, but just you could tell they were made. One moment. And there was a phone talking to me, uh, <laughs> and and you could tell somebody made them. So we're like, all right, we're gonna sit in this area because there was one that was like a scale, right? There was like all these these two things on the end, and then all these things here together, and then a limb laid right across the middle, like balance. And wow. it had been sitting there so long that moss had grown the balancer to the other ones. So now they were connected. Oh, shit. And that's how long it had been there. Uh, and what were the chances she was going to know that I was coming out? That stuff takes years to grow together. So we sat there and we're messing around. And it's me and my bass player. And the hickory nuts are falling. It's November. And I start noticing that that one just, or those last few fell and came uphill. I'm sitting in like a ravine, right? This part of Florida is like North Georgia or Missouri or something like that, right? It's like, so the the elevation is high. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 230 feet, but it still makes for some really steep, like ravines and stuff. Um, and so, uh, like, hey, bud, that 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 just bounced uphill, and we scanned the thermal, and it was this cheap, like, uh, one of them thermals that you look at wires with, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it was all I had money for, um, and there was something sitting behind a tree. But the thing was behind a tree that was about that big around. Hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't understand, right? Uh, and it's on the other side of the ravine. 
So we're like, ah, whatever. You know, this is freaking us out. We get up, we're going back to camp. And that's about almost a mile walk. But as the crow flies, you're just like two hills over. Right. You have to walk the property into this huge loop and then walk down this road to get to where we were actually staying. But we didn't know at the time that it was just like right there. We could have walked through the woods in 10 minutes versus like 35 minutes. The other I got way. you. Um, but I would so imagine get, it's it's dark, so you probably didn't want to take that chance of you know that there's a lot of crazy shit out in in, in that. Oh yeah. Land, um, so. and well, like I would if eventually I made me a trail through there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But at the time I didn't know it, and uh, they. So we get back to camp and we start hearing things circling our camp. Now we're staying on top of this hill, and it's like all around you is like a steep drop. Uh, down to these two creeks and we're hearing stuff down there walking and limbs breaking and things like that and starting to kind of get scared right so i would go and like shine a light on the spot where i heard it it's right at this tree i'm shining a spotlight on it i'm like all right it's cool i know you're behind that tree i'll wait you out and then you sit there for like five minutes and there's no more noise and I'm like, oh my god! And every time I would, it would wake me out. I would eventually turn that light off, right, and turn around. And when I did, it was you'd hear it again. As soon as I got up the hill, it'd start doing it again, you know. Uh, and so it was driving me nuts. And we're getting scared, and we, we sit down by the fire, and then we just hear this like breathing. And we look, and there it is, it's standing right at the edge of the firelight. Right, and not 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 where you can see it, but just enough. It's like smart enough yards. to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was so uh, after all my research, right. after everything I've done, the best weapon's a flashlight. They don't understand it. They're, they're terribly scared of it. I don't know why, but just flashlight. If you got a flashlight, you're good. You don't want them coming up at your house, just put lights up. Put lights up or put IR lights up. Because things that can see and uh, like have night vision when they, they view these IR lights from the game cameras or right. like security lights or stuff like that, if you've got security cameras, it's a big spotlight to them. You know, so they know to avoid it. But it just stayed there and then it stood at us, stood there, stared at us. I don't know, man. It was probably only five seconds. It felt longer. Felt way longer, and it turned around, and walked off. Do you, can you tell how big it was, or you or was it was? Oh, hard easily like uh, easily like at least seven and a half foot. But I seen a guy that played basketball up yeah. in town, and uh, I actually stopped and asked him how tall he was, and he goes, "I'm seven one," and it was bigger than he was. Oh shit, man, golly! And this guy was a string bean, right? This thing was. <laughs> Yeah, big boy, it'll, you know, it'll fuck I mean? you up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, he looked. He wasn't like because I seen ended up seeing one in California. Um, it wasn't like that one. Right. When that one stood up, it blocked out the sun. Oh shit! That thing was huge, bro. Yeah, that thing was easily eight and a half nine foot. Right. But how wide? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I heard a guy say this, and it, it rung true. 
it reminded me of that so much. He, he said, uh, it looked like a washer and dryer set with a head in the middle. And was, so, uh, yeah, this one down here wasn't really that. He was kind of lanky. You know, I mean, he still had muscles, but he was lanky. He looked like he lived in the swamp. Um, so, basically, this uh, turns around, walks off. Now, in all fairness, we had two tents, uh, but we stayed in one. <laughs> okay. After right. that, we stayed in the same tent. Uh, sometime in the morning, maybe four or something like that, um, I woke up to my buddy screaming. And the tent was like, probably like that far from my face, the top of the tent. Maybe it was further. Maybe it was that far. I don't know. Uh, but it felt like it was like right there. Because I just woke up to all this madness going on. This thing was pressing down the top of the tent. Like it didn't know what it was. It knew we were in there. But didn't know what the hell this was. And then it just runs off. Sounds like a damn. Uh, you just drive a Ford Ranger off through the woods. You know, and avoid the big crashing. trees. Yeah, yeah. We just avoid the big trees and just only run over the small ones. That's what it sounds like. Wow. And so, um, so then I was sold. I was gonna, you know, gonna hunt Bigfoot. Attack got better. We started. Uh, I quit my band over this. Um, and what was funny is like I made a YouTube video about that, and it had six views. Okay. And one of them was a producer from the Howard Stern show. And he was making a Sasquatch show with Dr. Meldrum and wanted me to be on it. So, like, within two weeks, I was on a plane to Idaho to film. Oh, my God. That's crazy. That's wow. <laughs> Six like, views. I'm, and one of those, it had to be a freaking producer for, to uh, do a major sh show. You never, you, you never know who's watching your stuff. Right. Right. Like wow, I just, geez. I just recently learned, and I can't say his name because like, this talks for a TV show. Uh, there's some major sports celebrity that follows me. Wow, and that's I awesome. had no idea, but he requested me to be on this show with him. Is it Marino? Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't say. <laughs> but yeah, I got requested to be on this show, and. It was like, oh, well, okay, well, that's weird. But anyways, you never know who's watching your stuff. Right. And so within like two weeks, I was on a plane to Meldrum's lab. I got to stay with Meldrum for a week. That's awesome. And get the 411 right here at the jump on all the big foot. I got to see all of his cast. I got to see the gigantopithecus jawbone. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, all that. And uh, it was fun. It was amazing. The show never sold. Uh, however, you know what I mean? Life experience. Um, so I'm into Bigfoot at this point, right? right. I'm in it now. I don't shit. I done got in strapped on the roller coaster. I'm on a ride now. Ain't no getting off. And then, um, my dad calls me up. He's like, Hey, you want to go to the woods tonight? Uh, go camping. It was like a Tuesday night or something like that. And I was like, sure. It had it had rained a little bit, you know, that afternoon. Uh, and so it was wet 
you know, it rained, it rained like an inch, I think inch and a half that day. And, but it was like a Seattle rain. It was just kind of like this slight rain. Right. We never really just, as we usually get down here where just the bottom falls out for 20 minutes. It wasn't one of those. Uh, so we go to Torreya, tell him to pick my stuff up. He gets me from work. So I was riding to work with my mother-in-law. Um, Tom and so picks me up. We go to Torreya, uh, walk down there, set up camp, it's hanging out, uh, grilling, got some white zombie on, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, hear a knock, right? Uh, oh, by the way, before this, my dad had seen when I quit my band, he seen how serious I was, okay? So he sold his boat to buy a thermal. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, uh, because now he believed me that these things were in fact real, and I could take him and show him some stuff. And right. now he he had been having encounters a few months before that because I had taken him. So you uh, had encounters with him prior, or he had encounters by himself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like uh, you know, we we heard like chattering one day, right. like the samurai this, type chattering, yes, or the yes, wow. yeah, it sounded like that, and. Uh, then getting whistled at and hearing knocks and stuff. And we're finding some weird breaks and things like uh, one time. And this, I think was after the footage or maybe before, because after the footage, my dad didn't go really anymore. He was done. Uh, but we were, we were walking down this Creek and these deer ran beside us like within three feet like the, they, I, they normally don't do that yeah hell no yeah they're they were, they went one way and like they're foaming at the mouth they're like they've been running so long oh shit they turn around and come back right by us again they knew we were there and ran by us anyways these are deer and they didn't we're not the threat. What the hell was they running from? Right. You know, right. uh, because something had them running. So we'd had a few experiences. Um, and then, uh, you know, so he, he had sold his, sold his boat, get the camera, yada, yada. We're back at the fire. Uh, we'll hear the first knock. He's like, ah, it's the wind blowing the trees together, you know. Ah, come on, you're just hearing something. We'll hear the second knock. Third time, I'm like, Dad, they're here. They're coming in right now. And I said, I don't think they know we're here. And he's like, all right, if we hear another one, we'll go out. Because, like, the food just got done. All right, we ain't even ate yet. And uh, it's a mile and a half walk down into the swamp. Because you're going downhill the whole time. Um, so we worked to get out there. And Hatton eight, it was hell midnight. Um, and we hear another knock. As soon as he says that, if we hear another one, we'll go out there. It was like, Ugh! it was like a grunt before it. Like he really put some force into it. And so we crank the music, allows it to go. Uh, As a distraction? And, yeah, just cover you know what I mean? Just some Smart. cover. The cicadas were super loud. It was like this was a divine moment almost or something because like 
okay, uh, where we're at, the palmettos are over your head. That's how tall they are. On the trail, you have to go out. You don't have to duck much in some parts to be absolutely hidden. So if you can walk in the dark, you're good to go. So the ground's already wet. You're not going to make a lot of leaf sound, right? Uh, and the cicadas are deafening. So for the most part of that walk back, we were able to go undetected. And then as we came across the bridge and everything's so loud, so any noise you make is getting covered up. Meanwhile, our whole walk out there, which took about 20 minutes, uh, we're hearing the shit running all around us. Uh, there was more than one. Oh, shit. We just filmed only one. There's probably four, three or four. So do you think that one you filmed was distracting you so that the other ones can Because I heard they do things mm -hmm. like that. Or you just caught it by no. surprise. This thing didn't know we were there. Oh, shit. So you came up on it. It came up on us. Oh, shit. So you it ran into you not knowing it was going to run into you. It did, yeah. So we walk over the creek and hang left on what we believe to be a game trail. Or, I mean, the, the blue trail. Turns out it was a game trail. The camera was in white hot. So when you shined it at the ground, the trail, because it was wet, looked like snow right and we're worried about snakes it's may you know i mean we got snake boots on but it's may you know you still don't want to step on those snakes right. uh there's a, a lot of snakes <laughs> it's, it's not like it's not like if you'll see a snake today it's like how many are we gonna see today right okay uh and so that's that was the reason besides that my dad didn't have nothing but this little bitty red light on that he would cover with his hand and, and let the things shine through his fingers to see the ground. So we turn on this trail. We walk down, and you hear him or her, whatever it was. You hear it come down the ridge and stop hard. Doom, 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 doom. And then my dad's like, there it is. I see it. I see it. I don't see what. Look at it. And he's like, oh, it's a coon. You kind of hear a little bit of scratching on the tree and it's sticking out of one side. So it's a coon, you know, because he's only seeing this one little black object. And then he's like, it's on the other side now. And then he's like, oh, it's two coons. Because now its whole body is like starting to stick out. Um, and then something happened. I don't know if my dad like, kicked something. Or broke a twig or something like that, but something happened. My dad believes he kicked the palmetto, but it shoots out into this gap. And now my dad's filming the, with the thermal, and I'm filming him with a handy cam. So the thermal goes dead, and we just put new batteries in it, and the thermal goes dead immediately after the thing crosses. Right, you see it head off into the woods and then it right. stops. And my dad's just like, We gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta get your gun, get your gun out, get your gun. I don't know what the hell he's seen. I heard it take off, but right. I don't know what it was. My first my first thought is is a cat. I'm scared to death of cats. You think of what like a like a house cat or a panther? No, 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 like a panther. Like a panther or cougar or some big cat, jaguar. 
because uh, they come through. They're in the states. I'll tell you, it ain't. But you can look at the last time one was seen. There's some of these Black Panthers sightings that people are having are actually jaguars, I believe. Really, and they're coming down here to Florida. They're coming up through Mexico. Holy shit, man! You hey, you can basically stay in the woods the whole way down the damn southern coast if you want. Just drive, and you're in the forest the whole time. Right. Uh, all the way to Texas. And so that's what I'm thinking. Scared, running, pull my gun out. Big ass 44 Magnum. I ain't <laughs> never heard my dad tell me to get my gun unless some shit was real. You know what I mean? Because he was a ranger. It's not, right. he wasn't, he wasn't, I ain't never seen him shook like this. And he's trying to run back. He's out of breath. He's like, we got to go. We got to get everything out. We got to get it. It was looking at us. And we're blind. It could see me. It could see me because then it dawned on him. That wasn't two raccoons. That was it looking at you. And, bud, when I tell you you couldn't see your hand in front of your face, if the lights was out, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. It was dark. But that thing could see. But that thing was looking right at us. And then the thing took off through the woods. No flashlight. Just hauling ass. Right. You can't run through those woods in the dark. You're going to hurt yourself. Right. You're going to fall in a hole or you're going to smack a tree or get hung up in a vine. You're, not, you're just not going to do it. Not for long. You may do it a few feet, but you need to see where you're going. And uh, this thing just took off. And it went the way we came. And that was what had my dad flipped out. So we get back. We pull all, tear all the stuff down. He's like, just get it. Throw it in your bag. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Food stays. And I never get to eat the food. <laughs> All the way back to the truck. Whatever it is is following us. So you, he you hear it pacing okay. you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in the woods. They ain't shy about it anymore. We're hearing knocks. Running off in the woods. Uh, and it was... It was it was scary as hell, you know what right. I mean? Because I, I I'm still not knowing what's going on. You hadn't and seen the just, video yet, huh? Uh-uh. We got yeah. back, got in the truck, and once we got up just about to the youth camp, because the trail that we were on comes out of the back of the youth camp. So just right when we about got to the youth camp, you're right up at the top of the hill, and the parking lots over there, uh, and there's some bathrooms. Right up until we got about there, they followed us the whole way out. Uh, that was that was scary, you know. Uh, and then I seen the video, and I'm like, "What are you doing? We're here to find Bigfoot, right. <laughs> and you're wanting to leave, right. you know." Uh, which was which is funny because I called my dad the next day after I had my first encounter, and I was like, "Hey, um." Uh, we, we had this encounter. I'm thinking about coming home. And he's like, hold on. You mean to tell me that uh, you've been looking for Bigfoot your whole life. You found Bigfoot. And now you're going to come home? <laughs> he's like, get a picture of it. I'm going to punch you in the face when you come home. Just joking <laughs> around. But basically telling me not to come home. Stay and experience it some more. Uh, that was the only reason we stayed two days. Um, but... Then I told him after he said that, I was like, hold on, big man. You ready to go now? I was like, we've been looking for Bigfoot. We finally found a Bigfoot. 
Um, and he's like, well, hey, you can have the camera and I'll sit here in the truck going down there, you smart ass. <laughs> uh, I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good. I wasn't comfortable still uh, at that point. But, you know, he um, he seen it and we sat on it for like two weeks. At first, you know, he thinks it's a Bigfoot. Uh, I think it's a Bigfoot. And then he goes into this doubt that maybe that was somebody in the park messing with us. And I'm like, in the middle, at 12 o'clock on a Tuesday, there was no cars in the parking lot. But there was some man out there in the woods. But you know how messed up that is? That That's scarier than a damn Sasquatch being It is, because what's, what's that person's intentions? Yeah, and he's naked right. on top of that. And <laughs> then on top of that, he didn't have a flashlight. We're lucky to be alive. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, think about what you're saying. And then I sent it to like five people to send it to Meldrum, Derek Randalls, uh, sent it to Cliff Barackman. Yep, he's good. I like um I sent it to one other person. Who was it? Some other person in the field that I sent it to. I can't remember who it was right now, but anyways. Just like asking their opinions, and Cliff's like, "Hey, I'd like to do the investigation on it." And me and my dad were also kind of hoping one of them would do that, right? Uh, because okay. if you're doing an investigation on it, it can't be your footage. You know what I mean? You see right. the bias, right? right? It can't like, be so biased. Dude, yes. Yeah, right. you can't. And who in the hell would believe it? If we put it out, you know what I mean? Like this thing actually happened. We don't want to put it out because I wanted to put it out. My dad did. Like, if it had been up my dad, you still would have never seen that video. Wow. To this day. Like you would not see that video. He didn't want it. He didn't want, he didn't want to deal with it. He didn't want none of the bullshit that came along with it. Um, because you'll have people that ridicule you. You'll have people that think you're crazy now. And then you'll have people that are like infatuated. They'll come to your house and shit like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like you get all the gambit there and he, he wasn't really down with that, but I wanted to show it to the world because I had been picked on about my Bigfoot the whole, my whole life. I wanted to show this and you know, that's why we agreed to let Cliff do it. So he would ask us for numbers, go back and find spots and measure things and distance and all that. And he came up with a report and then he came down and checked the numbers himself to verify, you know, that we gave him correct numbers and all this, that, and the other. Uh, so I think when, when he was done, we released it. Oh, Facebook find Bigfoot. There was a, uh, like a YouTube channel, Facebook find Bigfoot. And they did all the Bigfoot videos. They were the most popular at the time. And we had sent it to them. And they they said it was a number two footage right behind Patty. Wow. Right? That's that's where they ranked it on their rankings of Bigfoot videos. Um, and so they wanted, they did their video and we made them wait. But they ended up trying to release before Cliff was done. They got tired of waiting because they had to wait like eight months before uh, we would let them put it out. Uh, because like, hey, the investigation has to be done. If we just come with the footage itself, you know, it's it not kills really everything. that much. It kills everything. But like, when you look at documented sightings, 
this has to be one of the top five. Okay, because we have the thermal footage. We have the handycam footage. You actually get to see my dad's face and everything that happened afterwards and leading up to in the moment. You get to see this man become a Bigfoot believer right. and what that does to somebody. When you talk about people were terrified and all that, like my dad was a ranger. He wasn't an actor. And it wasn't something he was. That that That's all genuine. The look on his face and not being able to breathe and get out what he's trying to tell right. me. Uh, you know, and you know, they got Cliff's report to go with all that. And what, what more could you want? You know, the only thing we didn't recover was tracks, um, which we ended up recovering tracks from that area later on that year, you know, but they weren't like directly with the video. Right. But it shows that there's activity out in that area. Yeah. And Cliff himself had, uh, recorded whoops, like, three or four months before, 50 yards away, same spot. Right. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it was really, when we put it out, it was solid, dude. People got to read the report. They got to read all that, and they're like, wow, this is real. It debuted at like the FLIR World Conference down in Orlando. Uh, a bunch of, because Cliff got a CGI guy to look at it. He got the FLIR experts, thermographers, to look at it, and they were like, "Yeah, that's a real animal." Right. You it know wasn't what I'm saying? Yes. It wasn't fake. It's not CGI. Whatever is in this thing is real. So, and what you're seeing is body heat there. And if you got clothes on, you know, you can see that. So that thing's naked, and it's like eight foot three inches, and Man. crosses this nine foot mm -hmm. gap in a step in like a quarter. It took right. Bobo, took Bobo two and a half steps, and my dad never really bought into it until he seen Bobo try to walk do it. Across, yeah. Try to right. do it, and they compared the two. Like you can Google it, um, Google the brown thermal footage, and put Bobo with it, and you'll see the size comparison. Yeah, it's not a match. It's, it's no, dude, off. that thing's so much bigger yeah. and than bulkier. Bobo. And, yeah. yeah, and Bobo's a big boy. But yeah, he is. He's a big boy. He's, yeah. He was a fucking roadie for, like, a bunch of bands. He was, like, a... For Sublime and shit. Yeah, man. He was a fucking huge... Like, he was, like, a bouncer and a roadie for them, you know? Uh, he's a big dude. He's lost a lot oh, of weight yeah. recently. He kind of worries me. I've seen him lately. He looks like he lost a lot of weight. Yeah, I just talked to him the other day. He's uh he sent my son a happy birthday video. That's cool. You know, uh, I'll embarrass my son with stuff like that all the time, like because <laughs> it's weird to him. Right, it's still weird to him, like because he grew up watching Survivor Man. And I remember uh, Survivor Man was down at the house when we were working on the pit, and we were just in the living room discussing it, you know. And uh, I get on my son's Instagram. I'm thumbing through Instagram, and there's my son. Like, Survivor Man is legitimately sitting in my living room right now. Oh, my <laughs> God, I don't know what to do. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Stacy, skunk ape, right? It, 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 is that a general term for one type of creature, or is that a term for multiple types of creatures? Because you hear different descriptions of Sasquatch, like, all around the world. Some, they say, look like men. Some say, look like apes other things so what is a skunk ape 
What is the definition so, of smoking? Okay, so you get different definitions. Like, so my problem with the skunk ape is that I know all the history to the skunk ape, right? And I've collected over 700 reports myself uh, in the state of Florida. People talk about different things. What I saw in Florida appeared to be nothing more than a normal Bigfoot. Smaller, a little bit leaner, but, you know, uh, we have um, Bergman's rule. The closer you get to the equator, the smaller the things become. And I think that's what you have. It's the same thing with a cougar and a panther, right? They're both pumas, uh, almost identically the same. One's just smaller, right? And so that's from what I've seen, and that's all I can talk on, is it just appears to be our subspecies of the Sasquatch-type creature. And you have other reports that are more of an orangutan you know, like monkey almost. Like like like, a, like the Mayaka. You see those Mayaka photos, you have a lot of people that talk about that. Right. Okay. Uh and so that is where it gets a little do we have even a different one further south? Because all those reports are basically in the south. From Ocala up you have Bigfoot. And down below that, towards the glades and stuff, you still have a Bigfoot-type creature, because like Dave Sheely's look like look like Patty, uh, but then the tracks are like four-toed. Right. You know what I mean? And like the tracks I find are not four-toed. So I don't know if that's almost misidentifications uh, a lot of the times, or maybe actual orangutans. It's, it's not uncommon for the FWC to get that report and go out and actually capture an orangutan, crank it and bring it in. Florida is, people will let their exotic pets go. Uh, I was in the woods one time in Mayaka and right down the street was uh, Ringling Brothers Circus. Right. like that, That's where their farm was and that's where they had their animals and shit when they weren't on tour. And two or three tigers got out. And we were like a mile from the place in the woods. You ever hear of a, uh, an individual named Chaz of the Dead? Oh, yeah. I know Chaz. Yeah, yeah. I interviewed him a couple of episodes back. And um, he told me he thought he saw a tiger out in Mayaka. Yeah. He may have. I never heard that they uh, were caught. But I was in the woods. Like, If you can imagine my fear uh being like a mile away from that spot and they told me that these tigers had just broke out and we're in the swamp right if tiger won't stay <laughs> hidden he's coming here and, you right. know and i'm like oh no we evacuated the forest as quick as we could but you know those things happen you're, you're pulling they got 18 foot snakes down in the glades uh we do have monkeys a healthy monkey population here anyway so I don't know if it gets a lot uh, misidentifications or actual. They're seeing a swamp ape, you know. They're seeing a chimpanzee or Correct. something like that, and they're not lying. But it, because of that photo, I think that's why you have a lot of those sightings, and I think those are not real sightings. I tend to. When people say they see what's in the Mayaka skunk ape photos, which I don't believe, 
those photos are real. Uh, funny story. I got a contacted from some guy a while back who uh, claimed that it was his family's video and that it was stills from a video and not pictures and that it's actually real and he could take me to the spot where it lives and then like we just lost touch uh, you know so it's it seems to me like uh, maybe the people that see that kind of thing are either misidentified or lying because I don't believe in that photo and the Bigfoot that I saw looked like a normal Bigfoot right. and the skunk ape I saw because it's supposed to, if it's in Florida, the skunk ape, you know, it's supposed to look like a Bigfoot. That thing looks like an orangutan. Yeah. The, the, there's another researcher out here, David Sedoti. I, I, I think he yeah. was my fourth episode or fifth episode. And uh, he was telling me that he had sent someone to do some research on that Mayaka photo and that, it didn't make sense. They, they they came back to him that it probably was most likely a hoax. Right, like, right. So my favorite one, my favorite skunk ape video is the lettuce lake footage. Like the BFRO for some reason just had this damn. They just they went hard at proving that video was a fake. So they think if you watch that video, what is that? What is that one? Lettuce lake footage. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it's a guy on a kayak, and like he's paddling around up to the edge of the woods there and the water still goes in between the trees and stuff and the skunk apes there this bigfoot and like it reaches down in the water and grabs a fish and pulls the fish out of the water and you see the damn fish tail flopping like that right uh there's a damn mud cat that it grabbed i know exactly what it grabbed you can see the fin on the thing and know exactly what it grabbed um what are the chances like why would you if you're gonna fake this okay like the reason i haven't been bit by a gator is because i don't get off and shit like that if i don't have to right <laughs> right sometimes you got to uh if you're going after your dog or something but i don't get off in that stuff and because of the gators because of the water moccasins so you're in a suit and then somehow you reach down and grab the fish yeah perfectly without a problem <laughs> right uh and that that has to be like my favorite video i really believe that's an authentic video i'm gonna i'm gonna look that up that that that's very intriguing so what would you okay so skunk ape is not only a floridian thing i know that they're also in louisiana and and, and you know all along the south what would you say the population is and off the top of your head if you could come up with a number i'd say probably three to five thousand that's a lot man you know, uh, and that would say a healthy population. You know what right. I mean? And that and you're thinking, if you're thinking from the glades all the way through, like, almost to East Texas, I don't know that 5,000 would be a lot. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, because you're spanning that out through Alabama and South Georgia and, you know, up in the South Carolina. That wouldn't be a lot, I don't think, you know. Uh, but hey, there's only 300 Wolverines left, and they <laughs> seem to be doing fine. But you know, equally, it could be a number like that, it could be like 300 because uh, Wolverines we know they're real, but they're hard as hell to find, and there's right. only, only 300 of them in North America. So, put that same thing to Bigfoot. 
and I guess you would get about the same, you know, success rate on going and finding one. Right. But 300 along that south area that you all those uh, states you named, that's still a lot if you think about it, 300. It is, but you, you uh, the the number of sightings that happen in that same area uh, would lend to a larger number. Right. So I don't know uh, because I know we don't have activity every time we go. Uh, I think in the whole 70,000 acre area that we're uh, working, I think there may be 10 of them in there. Right. Like two, two, two groups. But, um, and that's what I'm saying. Like, so the number is probably not, I don't know, maybe not that high, but I think it could be 3,000 if you, uh, spread it out amongst all that. And so do, do you feel like they, do they tribe up? Do you think they tribe up or do you, or do you think that maybe some tribe up and then you have like maybe a lone wolf Sasquatch that maybe get kicked out of their clan or something? Cause they, they're not. Yeah. Well, I think, I think what happens is you have a male be born into a family. Right. And when it grows up, the male's going to want to breed. You know what I mean? And maybe the alpha, the one that's been running things, ain't wanting him to breed with them. There may be some fight, uh, you know, where they fighting like hell uh, for control. And then one leaves. Because you also have these older ones that are off by themselves. Uh, get a lot of family reports. Uh, you know, and it tends that the older ones, the more gray ones are the ones that we see up around houses. The older they get, I guess the ability to hunt goes away. And if they're not in a pack, you know, they may be out on their, you know, on their own. Right. And so they would they go to the houses because they they can go through the garbage and they don't have yeah, to. Yeah, it's easier to survive. There may be right. fruit, you know, things like that. You can get um, cat food, stuff like that. I got you, my man. So the footage in 2011, and then your appearance on Finding Bigfoot. Did that lead to that competition that you were a part of the $10 million Bigfoot bounty was, was that? Yeah. Uh, so the day we released the footage, Spike called and then finding Bigfoot called the next day. So I filmed with finding Bigfoot, I think in February. And then we started, uh, filming with Spike in June. Uh, so we, we, um, did that and that shoot lasted a while because like the first shoot was uh six weeks and so we're like sequestered we don't have no tv we don't have no internet we can't call nowhere because it's a national game show and you can't let out the information right all right so i got to call home once a week uh and it was weird because when we came out, like the well, whole world was different. I remember turning my phone on and looking at all the stuff that had happened. I was like, holy crap. The Bruins had won the Stanley Cup. I was so shocked. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like <laughs> Egypt was in civil war. That was one of the headlines. And right. I was like, damn. Uh, so how long did the whole thing last? Uh, so we did the first six weeks, and then there was a break of like six weeks before the finale. 
and we didn't know where we were going for the finale. Uh, and this is the finale hunt. So they ended up, we landed in like Duluth, Michigan, and they drove us to the upper peninsula of, uh, I guess, Minnesota. I guess is is that what the UP is in Minnesota or is that Michigan as well? I I don't I don't even know. Uh, I can't that, remember. That was that's on, weird uh, that they would do that. Yeah, hold on, I'm gonna Google this. And you had a partner. Yeah, right? it's Michigan. So, anyways, we we must have drove. Maybe that Duluth is Minnesota. I think Duluth is Minnesota. That's what it was. Uh. Anyways, they drove us. Yeah, Duluth in Minnesota. So we landed in Minnesota, and they drove us like four states away to get. It was like a nine-hour trip because they didn't know want us to know where we were going because we're like, oh my god, okay, maybe we're hunting Bigfoot in Wisconsin, right? <laughs> and then we're like trying to Google some stuff on our phone and find out what the elevation and all the other animals are. We're trying to get a leg up, and it's like, oh no, now we're we're going to Ohio. They're taking us to Salt Fork, and so we start looking at all these spots. And no, we just drive and drive, and then we're we're in Michigan, and I'm like, what in the world are we doing? And we're in this on the Great Lakes, beautiful place, um, and they're telling us in Porcupine State Park or National Park or something, Porcupine Mountain. Uh, there's all these Bigfoot sightings. I blew my mind. Right, and we got 36 hours to hunt, and so we slept like two and rucked it and, and right. traveled 13 miles on our whole weekend. Um, which in those woods that was a lot, that was that was we were, we were it's moving. A grind, uh, yeah, it was. Um, and you were with a partner, right? You have, yeah, a I was with David Lauer, my partner on there, and then we had the camera crew, um. But we did that, and then there was like another six weeks before the finale. The finale, they brought everybody back, and we went to the Black Dahlia mansion, right? Where the, where the Black Dahlia murders happened. Yeah, where the the body was separated on the yeah. Black, yes. That's that's where we did the finale. Really, this place, yeah, <laughs> a beautiful mansion, bro. Like it looked like you were sitting in like a Roman palace or something. You know what I'm saying? So they send you to like a haunted place to stay? <laughs> well, we didn't get to stay there. We had to stay at some damn hotel right in downtown uh, LA. And it was, dude, there's crackheads everywhere. It's my first taste uh, really of California for an extended period. Right. Um, Not as glamorous as people say it is. No, no. The, the Like the Hollywood strip, uh, like postcards when we, right. when we were kids, you could send us. Uh, they should have been scratch and sniff and just smelled like piss <laughs> because like it looks beautiful. But if you pan down, you see all the homeless people right. and they are everywhere and they're peeing all over the place. Right. They're pooping like, all over the place. It's like New York. <laughs> New York City's the same way. It's gross. It's yeah. gross. There's nothing glamorous about it. The only cool thing is we had these, uh, my first time eating uh, edibles. Uh, so we had this bag of cookies and I ate like two cookies off the bat. I wasn't feeling it first. And, but then like my, my hands went numb. My arms went numb. It was amazing. And the bad thing about (laughs) edibles was you get hungry when you get stoned. So 
Then you eat another cookie. We went through the whole bag, man. We were tore up, but it was it was fun. Uh, you know, and that was nerve wracking because like so when they would interview me and Dave, they would ask us questions about the other team. And hell, my first thing that I said on that show was Neil Armstrong's first person to walk on the moon. Stacy Brown's going to be the MF that finds Bigfoot, cuz. And so that's on Talk Soup and Good Morning America and all this stuff, right? They take that one sound bite and they play it everywhere. They also ask you to talk crap about the other teams. I was happy to give them everything they wanted at the time, right? <laughs> so they play, they have the whole cast, they bring them back. And they're like, oh, Stacy and Dave, y'all had a great trip. And they show all the things that we did great, all the stuff we recorded, the tracks we found, all this stuff. And uh, let's see how that went. And then they play this two-minute like video that's just us straight talking shit about everybody that's sitting over here. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we're like ripping these other people. And they play both teams' videos. And the other team didn't really talk all that shit about the other team. They didn't say the things we said. Like, I said some derogatory things. Like, I, <laughs> I said bad things. Like, I talked about one girl. I said, I said, the female looks like John Lovett. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn. <Yeah. laughs> He's an ugly motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then David, David, uh, during the Bluff Creek episode, Shaney started talking and he's like, Excuse me, the grown folks talking right now. I'll let you know when or something like that. Like really put her down. They played that and they played right. all this stuff. And then they had a vote amongst oh. all of them. And uh they did ask us after they played the video, they said, Well, Stacy, what do you have to say? And I said, Hey, I came here with one friend. This was a game. Yes, we used some of you. Yes, we started shit between some of you. I was like, we played the game, and we're standing here right now. I'm sorry you didn't play the game, but you got played in the game. That's true. <laughs> and, uh, and then they did the vote, and all of them voted for us except for one. <laughs> Even after we just talked all that noise about them. You know, uh, and then, but that didn't matter. That didn't matter. That was just the shits and giggles. They were letting the judges decide. They went over our last evidence, uh, and they let the judges decide um, who won. So both of our last evidence came back at, with primate DNA. Wow. And what was right. it? What did you find? Well, so I found a hair that was in a track. A, a defined track okay and the other team had a mosquito that had blood in it okay jurassic park that's what they're trying to do Ugh, dude <laughs> like whatever so uh because they were using like a bug net trying to get and then test all these ticks to see if they had Bigfoot's blood in it. Like, concept's good, I guess. Right. But what are the chances? Right, you need something like, immediate. 
Yes, like if you have a sighting you see yourself and you got ways to start collecting mosquitoes, go ahead and start collecting mosquitoes. But these things ain't sitting still long enough for that shit to even be a thing. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, so theirs came back human, and they said ours came back human, and I disagree with that. We were in the, we were like, I don't know, we were miles in the middle of nowhere. Like, seriously, we were just off trail. We just went off trail. We didn't stay on the trail. We just walked. I knew where we wanted to go. All right, we're making a beeline for it. Oh, there's a lake there. Okay, we're going to take this boat and get across or go around. And uh, to find, because uh, we found a track way, and there was a break. And then right where this thing stepped on a log, the log had crushed in, and then it stepped hard on the ground. The thing was walking down the log. This tracks went up on the log, and then like he stepped, and the log crushed down, and he fell onto the ground with his other foot. So they're hiding their tracks, right? And the wolves do it. Other animals do it. It's, it's not that far of a stretch to think these things would hide their tracks. We find this track, and it's got a hair in it. I'm like, shit, they got hair on the side of their feet. The hair was about that long. You know? Uh, and they told us it come back human. So there would have been some guy out there, you know, who uh, who stepped on the ground and, you know, hair fell off his head or whatever and landed in that footprint. And he was out there in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't think the chances on that were high. But So then they, they pick us as the winner. Uh, and they're like one of those, and the winner is, and then this like long ass pause, like because we're anxious, you know what I mean? Like we're we're like, oh man, come on, like we we know now that ten million dollars is out the window, but the research grants there, hundred thousand. Why why was the ten million out the window if you guys? Because they say they said ours came out of uh because you if you got DNA proof and a photo of Bigfoot. You got ten million dollars. Oh, damn! So nobody got a photo. So the ten million was out the window, right? Um, but they're saying our hair came back human, right? Uh, and so now we're just all vying for the the two of us. Us and Michael Merchant are competing for the hundred thousand dollar research grant, and. They're like, oh, so we're nervous as shit. And they're like, the winner is, and it's just this pause. And they're like, Stacy and Dave. And I was like, oh, man. I like teared up, bro. I was yeah. like, oh, my God, you know. And the best thing about it was because Michael Merchant was such a prick. Like, he was, he was a <laughs> dick, man. And uh, it was making him have to stand there three times and hear that same announcement three over times and over, again. <laughs> over and over because they got to film different angles right. you know what i mean uh and that was great man it, it was cool um once again one of those things i'll never forget it was just like a it was cool we played the game like because on the game i i was in a band the musician stuff coming coming handy i knew like uh 300 cover songs Right. We would literally sit out there and drink the beer they bought for us because we couldn't go nowhere else, sit around the campfire, and we'd all have sing-along. 
Michael Merchant sat in his bedroom pacing all night doing strategy. And I was just out here hanging out with everybody and, you know, being everybody's friend. Right. And then I plant something in this person's head about this person. I had, dude, I had all the people and they tried to get me on it. <laughs> they would try to get us in on it too. Cause you can right. see some people doing it, but like we, I was smooth about it and, right. uh, you know, had this, had the shit stirred, but that's how you're supposed to play those games. Right. It's like, uh, the art of war, Sun Tzu, you know? Right. You know, and people are like, well, you lied to people on that. It means you're a liar, bro. I was in a competition. Right. That was part of it. If you can't win the psychological war, what are you doing? Right. Well, you, you don't can't belong just there. Come out here. Yeah, you can't come out here and just plan on winning the competition. Like, because Michael would talk to his partner, who was a female, bad. Like down to her. Yes, and like so, we got in her ear because she wanted to come out there and hang out. And then I'd have everybody telling her that shit at once. Yeah, you shouldn't let Mike talk to you like that, blah, blah, blah. But if he was a man, he wouldn't talk to you like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And just like, so they're constantly fighting the whole time. Right. And me and Dave just sitting back, best friends, just chilling. <laughs> just chilling, watching the world burn. <laughs> like the Joker, right? You watch the world yep. burn, just have fun. <laughs> Everything was going to plan. We were partying with the judges. Right. <laughs> you know, because we're all staying on the same place. So yeah, you know, I'm drinking and hanging out, and you know, we're we're all dancing and having a blast all the time. And right. that was uh, so that helped. That helped in us. That's that's why you had 11 people still vote for us. You know, and we we actually did use the money for research. You could use it for whatever you wanted to, but right, I actually did research with it. And did you, you get know. anything out of it? Did you find anything? Did we got another piece of footage? You got a bunch of audio. Uh, it's all on my YouTube. Right. Um, and then I made the Skunk Ape Lives, uh, my documentary about the Skunk yep. Ape. That's on that uh, Les Stroud's YouTube now. That's where it lives. Uh, under his Survivor Man Bigfoot stuff, but um, I took those reports and all that stuff. You know the, that all that groundwork. And put it into that, uh, the best of it. And I'm I'm about to do another one, you know, uh, right. so I can just get more of that kind of stuff out because I've got so much stuff I've come across, so much stuff that I've found, reports that I've heard. I've got reports from a NASA rocket science or scientist, like really credible people, right. judges, lawyers, you know. Um, and I just want to let their stories be heard. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because it's that, that at the end of the day, it's the only evidence we got. You know, I, got I mean, you, man. you can't count video evidence as evidence because, like, the rest of the world, they'll never, they weren't there when me and my dad got our footage. So they should always be a little bit skeptical. Right. I understand. You know what I mean? That's healthy. So that competition. You had a, a an individual that was part of that competition uh, that competition that's uh, considered a controversial. I'm uh, talking about uh, Justin Smeha. Yep. Um Were you able to have any conversation with him about the so-called incident of him shooting those two Sasquatch? And what what are your thoughts on that? Was it do you believe it or is it bullshit? So, me and Justin became really good friends really right. quick. 
Right. Because, you know, uh, I saw, um, I think it was Monster Quest, and they were doing a reenactment of his his uh, incident. And I believe you were acting alongside of him as as the other friend. I I, I could be mistaken. Could no, so, okay. And that, that wasn't Monster Quest. That they actually played that show. They've recycled that interview several times. But me and Justin became good friends. I would constantly ask him his story. Right. It would never change. Right. Nothing. Uh. So after Bigfoot Bounty, uh, Bigfoot Evidence Blogspot, huge, the biggest at the time, Bigfoot website in the world. Uh, they had a, an event. You could come out with the Bigfoot Bounty guys, Justin, Rose, Stacy. They'll be there. Uh, and people bought tickets and came and camped with us for a weekend. Um, and so after the thing... I stayed a week with Justin in the woods. So we were at the kill site where he killed the two. Uh, and we went, there was nothing there, no game or anything. You know what I mean? But then once the attendees left, they went home. We still had that week. We drove down the mountain to find the game, find where everything was. And it happened to be other around this other spot. Uh, and that was my second sighting of a of a Sasquatch I seen there with him. With him, wow. Yeah, and so what you're hearing him talk about on that thing you're talking about because I got blonde hair. Yeah, I just yeah. filmed the pit. You know, uh, we had a we we went back. And we were telling that sighting. They didn't even talk about him killing the two. Um, but do I believe he killed the two? I don't believe he's lying. Okay, I got you. Uh, at the same time, Justin to feed you a line of bullshit and look right <laughs> at you in the face and like just to see if you believe it. Right. You know what I'm saying? But no, I I know I seen a Sasquatch with him on the same mountain. He probably shot it. Like, his gotcha. story's never changed. You know, people don't want to hear his story and they make him out to be a bad guy, but his story is what it is. And when you understand Justin as a person. Uh, of course he shot it. That's what Justin does, right? <laughs> you know, uh, he's a hunter. Justin, yes, he is, and he hunts all the time. He hunts everything. He's like Elmer Fudd. Right. He, you know, he's always hunting. So yes, of course he shot it. He didn't think twice about it neither. You know, what I mean, like to me, when I shoot and kill something, I still feel bad about it. Right. I don't cry, but I'm just like, damn, man, you really have to do that. Uh, with him, no. Nah. He'd tell you about how he will try, if he can, to shoot the thing up its ass so it won't damage the meat on the sides. It'll go inside and you will know, have internal Rupture the bleeding. insides, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, damn, that's, that's so wrong, dude. <laughs> yeah, but you, I guess that's what you have to do, right? When you yeah. try to live off of the land. But All dude, right, they raided his house and shit. Yeah, I heard yeah, about that. Like, yeah, he had a damn uh, standoff with the police damn, because crazy. like they came through. He lived in a shotgun house, and they came through. And him and his buddy had a plan if somebody was ever breaking their house because they had dope. Uh, they grew dope. That uh, they would come out around. They legally grew dope. Uh, they would come out around and, and have whoever came in the house pinned in the middle, and that's what they did. They hollered, it's going down. The cops came in, they went out and had them 
in the in the house. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> it's like a movie. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. Uh, so, but they put him. They put him through a lot of hell for that too. Right. You know? so, and so then it, there's no payout. Well, I don't understand what people think he would make. What was the point of line? Unless he just wanted to get on TV, and these TV shows don't pay shit, dude. Right. You know. Well, you would know. I mean, you dealt with it. Yeah. I mean, you get it. maybe two thousand bucks. Yeah. You gonna go through all that trouble for two thousand dollars? Right. Yeah, all that hate it. and everything, yeah. Yeah, all that hate, especially saying that that you choked a little one. Yeah, why would you tell people that? That was that was my biggest question. Why would you tell people that shit? Like my thing was that the Bigfoot was thirty five pounds. If I just shot a Bigfoot, a baby Bigfoot that would fit behind the seat of my truck, it doesn't matter if that police officer pulls me over. I'm leaving with that Bigfoot. Right. <laughs> but that's it, the only proof happened. you have yeah 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 like hey bud how important is this bigfoot to you right now let me tell you how important it is to me i'm not going to prison you want to go home tonight you want to do this <laughs> you know and uh, you don't i'm sorry uh, that you have the biggest discovery of all time behind the cd truck not letting some county deputy take it from me right that that's what that's what his fear was that it would be taken from yes him. well and that he would go to prison Thought they were for, human. For what? He thought they were human. Oh, okay, because he looked into the eyes and yeah, made, he thought they I were. Guess, he thought they were some type of human, and so that's the thing. If you kill one and it comes back as some type of human, a relic hominid, anything, it comes back with some uh, being some type of human. It now has human rights, and you get a manslaughter charge. Oh, that's crazy. So, how do we study yeah. these things? <laughs> yeah, no. you have to make it look like it attacked you. <laughs> and so that's what I was told. That's what oh, I was man. told. So that, that sucks. All right, yeah. man. So in, look, 2017, you you released Roswell 70 years later, right? So yeah. what made you go in that direction? Being a Bigfoot guy, now you're you're doing this documentary about Roswell, which is like a really major incident in the ufology field. What led oh, you down? So my dad, uh, he just was always into aliens. You know what I mean? And I was like, I'm going to make a Roswell film. He said, we're 70 years later. Uh, let's ride out there and see what we can uncover. Talk this talking heads, you know, and I wanted, I was in high school. I was, uh, in like TV production. And even like I was the kid in elementary school during the morning announcements in fourth, or fifth grade. So, so that, yeah. I was always messing with the TV stuff in school. And I was like, yeah, I want to make a film. You know? And um, I made that one. And I made The Skunk Ape Lives right after that. Um, those were filmed really close together. But The Skunk Ape Lives didn't come out a few years later because I hated that film um, at first. And, yeah, so the Roswell thing, though, you know, it was just more of, hey, we're going to make a Roswell trip. And uh, let's make a documentary while we're there. We'll set up and interview some people because I just won this like Kia car commercial contest. That the one with the Sasquatch in it? In yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. So I won, I won like five thousand bucks for that. That's and, awesome, uh, dude. <laughs> so I bought me some damn uh, camera equipment, like good camera equipment, and a trip to Roswell. All right. Did you yeah, learn anything yep. out of that? What What did you learn from that? Did you get any new I, information or? <laughs> Uh, 
I guess new information, not that I could put on camera. Oh, wow. And that's so what you, ended up sucking about right, it. So you like had that. footage, but you just couldn't use it because someone uh, told you not to? Well, no, they wouldn't let me film them. They tell you uh, stuff off camera. I oh, had, uh, we were, we were sitting at a diner with some locals and the guy just told me basically, he goes, if you follow the money, he said, you, it'll follow you back to a time in 1983 or some night like that. I can't remember. I think that's what Yuri said. But anyways, it was before Roswell became a thing again because Roswell happens, right? Two days later, the government says it was a weather balloon and then it is dropped for the longest time. Right, Nobody talks about it. Yeah, it disappears from the radar. Nobody's talking about Roswell at all. They trust the government. But then there's a book that comes out uh, and... Damn it, I can't remember the name of the guy that wrote it. Yeah, he died. Uh, St Stanton Friedman, I think. Stan Friedman, that's it. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so he writes his book, and then Roswell's back in the limelight again. Well, so what happens is this guy told me that there was a meeting with county commissioners on how to make money in the county. The county was the, the town of Roswell was a ghost town for the most part. Like when the military base was there, that's right. why Roswell was there. That was your major, you know, the people that lived around there, they worked on the military base. Uh, and then the military base closes. All those people are gone. You, you don't have no more economy. And then all of a sudden this book comes out after this supposed meeting at a ranch with people in the county, landowners and stuff. They're trying to get, well, my buildings need to be rented out. I'd like to sell some of this property. You know, why don't we get a Walmart? Things of that nature, I guess. Um, and then all of a sudden everything's alien in the town. Roswell's back famous again. Now we've got all this tourists. On the 4th of July, we have this alien parade. We've got the museum. There is alien everything in Roswell. And that guy basically told me, if you follow the money, whether it was a weather balloon or not, the only reason people talk about Roswell right now is so some people could make this town thrive again. And that was, uh, was an interesting take. Because he said he didn't think it was aliens at all. Well, he didn't think uh, it was. He didn't think it was aliens. Um, and what I did uncover that I had never heard doesn't mean it wasn't out there. I just never heard it. Is that when you had uh, Unit 731? Okay, so what people don't realize after World War II, we took a lot of the Nazis. Operation Paperclip. Right. Bring the Nazis over to start NASA. Um, but we also brought over the Japanese scientists, Unit 731. These people were worse than the Nazis. They gassed all kinds of people, their own people. They experimented on everybody. They get shit. Right. Their death toll compared to uh, Germany's uh, was like ridiculous. You know right. I mean? they, were, they were killing everybody. 
So we brought them over to continue. And this is where our nerve gases and our biological weapons and all this stuff stem from. Theory is their planes flying in at night. Uh, probably from Roswell, Albuquerque. Um, plane crashes. It's got all these gases on it. It either gets into the water or drifts across the town of Corona. A ton of people in Corona get sick within the following weeks of the Roswell crash. Okay. The government's out there thinking it's like listeria or something in the water. Uh, they're testing it. And I think that's what they ended up blaming it on. But uh, what if that's what it was? That they said aliens to cover up the fact that they oh, were... Yeah. They did something far worse. You know, maybe wow. they t actually tested it out or were testing it out on the people, but they did something far worse that they didn't want to tell the rest of the world, hey, we have these nerve agents. We have yeah. these chemical weapons now. And they come from uh, the Japanese who we yeah, hate, they supposedly. Yeah, but they're Americans now, you know yeah, what I mean? Uh, so maybe that's what they were doing. I know the crash site. I went to it. The one the museum tells you to go to is not it. It's a skip spot. That ship like skipped from what right. they tried to say. Uh, but the actual crash site, middle of nowhere. And the drone goes up and then it gets taken over and landed and says, you're in restricted airspace, blah, blah, blah. But this, this crash site, is massive and deep. This crater is huge. It wasn't no weather balloon. Whatever hit that thing was huge. Like it was massive. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. And uh it hit it hard too. And not being able to fly the drone up and you're in the middle of nowhere. Talking about you're in restricted airspace at the crash site. That was that was really odd because we wanted to go up overhead and like you know, to show you actually show how big that damn uh, crash site is, that that crater, and here you are seventy years later, and this crater is still just massive. Um, but you couldn't, and dude, we didn't, see, we weren't in the flight pattern or nothing. Right. We didn't see planes. You couldn't see a road for miles. You're in the middle of nowhere. There's no trees. What, what are we going to hit? Uh, that was weird, you know, uh, but it was cool, man. It was fun. Learned a lot. Had had a good time. So 2018, 2019, you did some like short, short documentaries, like the wild man of what is it? Oh, pond. Oh, cheesy pond. Yeah. Yeah. Just can you go briefly into that? Like, what is what was that? Yeah. Like, so um, back in 1883, right after Civil War, um this community called Ocheesy, uh, it's a cheesy pond and off in nowhere. It's like 12 miles from where my dad got his footage, but there was a, a Bigfoot that was coming around this community and they caught it. They thought it was a human. He was babbling, emaciated and stuff. So they loaded him up in a wagon and towed him to the governor's house, which is in Tallahassee, probably about a two day wagon ride, maybe a day. I don't know how fast wagons went, but, they took it to the governor. Governor got pissed. Uh, oh, he's, yeah, he's like, what the hell are you doing bringing this up to me? Uh, 
William D. Bloxham. So he uh, sent out telegrams to all the asylums in the area, see if they're missing anybody uh, that fit the description. Nobody was missing nobody. So he had them take it back to the Florida hospital, Florida State Hospital there in Chattahoochee for the mentally ill. And uh, there's three John Doe's that come in that month. Um, one of them lived two years and the other two didn't live longer than a month. He's buried there on that property. Really? In one of those graves, which they've built buildings on top of. Oh, so he's under those buildings. Yes. If I could ever get permission to dig the foundation out, uh, I could possibly, the proof's there. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? The proof is there. And uh that's our cheesy palm wild man cliff notes version. Right. You would need like ground penetrating radar in order to be able to find like a disturbance oh, no. somewhere to be uh-huh. able to you know exactly where it's at? Oh well yeah, they got records of where they buried everybody. Right. If you're walking on the grounds there, you are walking on top of somebody. That hospital, so many people died in that hospital, they had to hire two undertakers full-time to process the bodies they were beating them people to death mentally ill people back in the 1880s how do you think they were treated yeah they They didn't have a fucking chance in hell (laughs) yeah they didn't they didn't man so talk uh, briefly about the skunk ape lives i know you had uh cliff barrickman on there and you had ray monteith Mm -hmm. and both those individuals on there how did that come about uh, so it was, I just was either going to write a book or make a film about the best evidence that I had gotten through my research so far. It's more or less my gift back for the Bigfoot bounty money. Right. You know what I mean? Something that people, you know, some, something at least came out of it and that did come out of that. Um, and it's just the best encounters or evidence that I came across you know, uh, so where's that available? Is it still, uh, it's on YouTube. So okay. we got caught in some Amazon algorithm that removed a ton of titles. And that was one of them, which was weird. Cause we'd had like 3 million views already right. when that happened. And, uh, it's doing good, you know, but it's on, it's on Lester Al's YouTube. Uh, if you go to survivor man on YouTube, um, right. the skunk ape lives. How so how is got, how is uh Les as a person? He's cool, man. Yeah, he's he seems just, just like such a cool dude, man. So he's just a grounded. Guy. Yep. You know, we've had some amazing times. We did this PBS documentary, um, surviving disasters. Uh, I shot for some of that over around Panama City and stuff like that. Right. We we're interviewing people. Um, uh, yeah, we've done a bunch of stuff together. So it's been fun, man. He's he's a he's a he's I respect him a lot. Yeah, I, I'm I'm targeting him. Uh, I don't know how busy he's gonna be, but um, the skunk. Okay, so let's get into your new documentary. Not too much because I I want people to go. I want their interest to be peaked enough to go and check out the skunk ape, uh, skunk ape experiments issue number one. Issue number one kind of gives it away. I don't want to give too much away. I loved it because of the 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 how you portrayed it. 
You know what I mean? Like the style. You know what I'm talking about? I don't want to give it away. I want people to watch oh, it. Oh, we can talk about it. It's a, it's basically a graphic novel brought right. to life. Oh, that's so okay. dope, dude. <laughs> so, but that's it's 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 a mixed bag. Like the the reactions from it. Right. And I don't know if it's because it's so different. We're getting five star reviews, or we're getting one star reviews. There is no in between. Like right. uh, some people don't like that it's done like that. They're more stuck in these um, traditional paranormal shows, um, where we're hunting ghosts, and that's all we're doing. Right. We're right. only doing paranormal, or we're hunting Bigfoot, and we're that's the only thing we're doing. Right. right, but that's see that's that's where the ignorance comes in because paranormal is not just ghosts. People do not understand that paranormal is the umbrella term for cryptids, UFOs, spirits, demons, angels, NDE, anything that's not normal. So for them to kind of look at your show and you have all these different elements in it and supposedly you're not faithful to one element, that's just really silly. I just that's kind of that kind of sucks, <laughs> you know. What I mean? uh, yeah, it, it is what it is, you know. Like it, it was, I think, is like you have your Bigfoot purists who don't want to believe that Bigfoot may possibly be something else. Okay, because like in the film, we try to conjure the Greek deity Pan. Correct. Okay, he is the god of the forest. Anybody can help us with the skunk ape issue. Maybe it's him. So uh, we try to elicit a message from him by doing this Aleister Crowley chant. And upstairs, our partner, RPG, is on mushrooms doing a mirror-gazing experiment. Looking into the mirror, maybe we can get a portal to open in the mirror. People say mirrors are gateways to the other side. So maybe... We can get enough energy raised up in this haunted house. Like the location we go to has got UFO sightings, Bigfoot sightings, and ghost like ghost sightings, ghost encounters and stuff. So maybe they're all connected. You know what I'm saying? And that was right. we're we're trying something else outside of the box. And Bigfoot purists have a problem with that if they believe it's just an ape. And they have a problem with that, but if it was just an ape, I promise you right now the thing would be in a zoo. But it's not in a zoo. Like I said earlier, the camera went dead when we filmed that thing. It, you know what I mean? Like right. there's there's other elements. People talk about lights, these orbs. They they travel as these orbs. People talk about they go into another dimension. People talk about they just straight up vanish in front of them. Correct. Why can't we hear that? Why can't we hear that side of the argument? Why does that have to be so taboo? Why can't we, you know, because there's one guy we talked to in the film. Um, he believes they cursed him. And you see why he believes that. Right. You know, and do you believe that that's the reason that he looks the way he does? He believes it. Okay. And so I can't, I can't say that's not real. And maybe that's, maybe that is. 
It looks I real. Don't know. I'll tell you that. Like, <laughs> oh, looks... like yeah, the stuff that happened to him. Yeah, and he claims it's because of them. Uh, maybe he's right. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Is like, it because he did something, something to them? No, not or really. Not... Mm. it's just he thinks that the interaction has done it to him ah uh, okay you know caused like, his cancer to just right. get out of him to get this skin cancer and it just to get out of control uh he felt it was through them because he would hear him in his head you know and things like that and so this is what he believes is this his truth because he's not lying about it and you can't tell somebody oh you that's not what it is you're being stupid that's what the guy believes. You know what I mean? It is what it is. So it's an interesting take on it. Um, and that's why he was saying leave an offering. You know what I mean? Because they'll curse you. And he's not the first person to talk about Bigfoot cursing him. That's been going on for hundreds of years. Right. And where's so, this located? In Mayaka City, Florida. Okay, so Mayaka again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was the whole premise to the documentary. We had right. an encounter after the Mayaka video from Mike Falconer came out and we were going there seven years later to investigate it and try to get the encounter again. And so that's why we're there. But we, we turn over every stone. We have one guy, a scientist in England that said that he believes Bigfoots are a projection from Foo Fighters. You know, the Foo Fighters of World War II, the UFOs, yes. little spheres. He believes those things are in haunted houses and in sections of the forest and they're collecting DNA and they transmit this DNA back. And that if we get too close to not harm us, they'll put a projection of a Bigfoot or lizard man or whatever to scare us off and get us to leave the area. So we tried that experiment. You know, I mean, that was the thing about it. We tried everything because he's like, hey, Bigfoot's AI. If you play this and a Bigfoot will probably come up. And we're like, all right, we'll give it a shot. Shit, I'd love to see it if it happens. Because this dude really believes that, too. And he's a scientist. So kind of out there. His name's Patrick Jackson. He's got some theories, but you can check his books out. And he makes right. a lot of sense with some of the stuff that he says. Right. And you, you I believe you think that they're demonic. Right? Part of you thinks I that do, I do demonic? at this point. I believe why? they're demonic. Uh, the well, characteristics? Certain characteristics? Yeah, dude. Like... I got into ghost hunting after my father passed and um, I got into magic. Okay. Like uh, I guess people would call it occult stuff. I don't really see it as bad. I'm not, I'm not worshiping no. Satan. Dude, There's I just had a conversation. Yeah, before I talked to you, I had a conversation with somebody that del delves in alchemy and, and magic and, it magic is how you use it. You can use it bad, which is black magic, or you can use it in a positive way, which is white magic. Magic in itself is not manifesting is magic. So if you believe in manifesting, anybody out there believes in manifesting, they're using magic. When people they don't realize when they pray, that's magic. Yeah. <laughs> You're putting your thoughts and your intentions into healing somebody or getting something or watching over your family or something like that. You know, uh, prayer, <laughs> Christians, they're using magic, whether they want to believe it or not. You know, uh, the hymns they sing and all that stuff. There's a message there and all that means something. It's just not fodder. Yeah. And, um, you know, so once I started doing that, I kind of started seeing similarities. So the first one that struck out to me was the knocking. 
can communicate with a Bigfoot by knocking on wood. You can also go inside a house and do tapping. Correct. Okay. Correct. It's the same thing, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you have these red glowing eyes, right? Demonic accounts. People always have talked about the red glowing eyes, right? No primate has the ability to have eye shine. But Bigfoot's supposed to have eye shine. You know what I mean? That would be abnormal for Bigfoot to have that if he's an ape. But if he's a demon, then the eye shine, uh, the eye glow makes sense. The terrible sulfuric death smell. Right. That odor they talk so, about. Yes. That's also something with demons. Okay. Um, the telepathic communication. We have a lot of people, Survivor Man himself. Yes. Talks about telepathic communication that these things did. And it's also something demons do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and then a lot of times you'll find tracks. You'll find left tracks. Just one. You know, or, but they most of the time are left feet. Demonic as well. Uh, your best activity people are getting during the witching hour. You know what I'm saying? And like yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the draining Drain. of equipment, the draining of equipment, the camera's going dead, all this stuff. That's also something you get in the paranormal world. Uh, so the similarities are there. Um, they're there enough to make me investigate it to now that I try certain things that are paranormal. Like I will use uh, the singing bowls, certain chants, uh, ritual magic to draw these things in. On the flip side, I could be drawing in a demon and he's coming to me as a Bigfoot because he wants to attach himself to me. Right. <laughs> you know, and he knows that I'll welcome that. So, right. Because he knows what's in your mind, probably. Right. So it's a slippery slope. Right. Uh, right. But if the Bigfoot are doing all these other things that are over here in the paranormal world, is there a connection? And if we just rotate the you know dial just a little bit and get into aliens, you have a lot of the same stuff. You know what I mean? And the aliens having this terrible smell uh, to them. So it's like a death and a motor oil mix is what I hear from people. Uh, that getting inside your head, you know, um, stuff just going dead. There's similarities enough to me that maybe say it's all connected. Ghost aliens and Bigfoot, the cryptids, everything that we experience, it's all connected. But what is the connection? You know what I'm saying? That's yes. that's the thing to figure out. And that's what Outcast Paranormal is about. And so that's what our films are are based on. We're trying to find the connection. Um and that's what I don't understand about like some Bigfoot purists being like, oh, well, they do they do the ritual magic part of it. We also do the Bigfoot part of it too, right. and 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 still attack it as if it's a primate. We do that push through the woods where we're trying to flush out the Bigfoot towards cameras in a field, right? Uh, and so, like I was saying, we we try everything. 
we don't have no opinion on what these things are. Uh, we just try everything. And like, we just made a film also at the Conjuring House. Um, and we did an experiment that nobody's ever done. That we're always doing new things. Right. Uh, we we done we did things there that nobody's ever done at the Conjuring House. To tell you that we had this one experiment called Six Feet Under. Um, What's that? Where the or the owner was like, the land's what's haunted. It's not the house. He goes, you should just build a casket and bury me. And I was like, don't say that because I'll do it. And he goes, oh, if you build a casket and dig that hole, I'll get in it. So we built a casket. We started right then. Uh, and what we did is we sat in the library and we we handed Corey, we buried him in the ground, handed him a spirit box or some headphones, and he would do an Estes method where he would just say the words that he heard. We had a microphone in there so we could hear him in the house. We would ask the questions. And then he would just say what he heard. So hopefully we were getting answers. And then we also took RPG and put him in the bottom of the well uh, and did the same for him. Right. And they start having a conversation. And they're not directly talking to each other, but no, they, Hey, they can't hear. They right. can only hear, they can only hear the radio. Right. Oh, wow. And there was a conversation going on and they start talking to each other. When, it, when is it out already? Uh-uh. It'll be January probably. But <laughs> I want to see you, that, like, man. That one. So we also, wow. you know, as for doing experiments, we did this World War II Nazi experiment. So the Nazis would, they had this experiment that they did to remote view uh, or to astral project, astral travel to view the enemy, see what the enemy was doing. In the 60s, the CIA did the same experiment. They took the technology, they just redid it. And they come out of that called the Gateway Project. They come out of that saying we live in an energy hologram and there's this thing called the absolute that is just everything all at once. Uh, and you can travel through the absolute, but you can, you can also, you're more susceptible to bad things. Things that live in the absolute. And right, that, so you that can leave be... yourself open for attack, I guess, maybe? Is yes, that what it is? yes. Okay. Uh, so I'll just tell you this. The Conjuring House is probably the wrong place to do this experiment. Like, this experiment should probably done, be done in a lab where nothing's going to come at you. But we had a guy rebuild the experiment, and we did it in the Conjuring House. <laughs> and that shit changed my life forever. I actually left my body. And the only way to prove that, though, is through exit interviews. Because it's a personal experience. We had six people do it. So our stories should not line up. We shouldn't have seen each other. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I shouldn't have been saying it felt like my cot was shaking. And then without me knowing, when Austin did his... I seen everybody in the house and I started trying to shake Stacy to see if I could move him. I felt my cot shaking. Oh shit, man. Wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I didn't know he said that. Right. Oh, I get it now. Okay. I get it now. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, so yeah, like yeah. at the beginning of it, 
my headphones were acting weird and I couldn't hear. And I'm like telling them to help me with my headphones. I'm pointing to my headphones. Help me, help me cut the camera. Come help me with my headphones. And then I'm told I did none of that. And the tape shows that I never did any of that. And it blows your mind. Right. It was a very personal experience, but I think that everybody in the world should do that experiment at least once. Because when you come out of going into the absolute, it's going to be all right. This ain't it, but this right here is a problem. Right. It's just a vessel. This is, I don't understand this. Mm. I really don't because that was, that was everything. You know what I mean? And right. it, it was it was very cool. There were some weird things about it, like me being able to see my children and know what they were doing. And then my sister seeing like a, a fog in her room over their bed. And I seen them. I seen her and my nieces. I seen my girlfriend knew exactly what she was doing. I said, hey, are you what are you doing right now? Like, are you sitting in, in my spot on the couch eating something out of a can? Uh, how do you see me right now? <laughs> you know what I mean? And like <laughs> weird stuff. And right. and then so like there was another guy there and the house after we did this experiment went insane. Like it went nuts. I won't give that away, but it went right. nuts. And uh, it's just weird stuff, man. Like one guy seen his his grandpa and stuff like that and he didn't understand the message that was coming through and then his grandpa grandpa died two days later <laughs> you know what i'm saying like yeah. it, it was it was weird like we tapped into something we did an experiment i promise you nobody ever in the in the public sector has ever done and we will do it again i think i'm gonna make a film just on that yeah, do that, bro. <laughs> because that the, the absolute was it was something else. It really so, was. So do you think like DMT and ayahuasca takes you there or uh well we do DMT in on another uh film we done um and I don't like an audio frequency shouldn't because basically when we're doing the experiment you're laying on a cot and you're listening to an audio frequency and you're blindfolded. And that shouldn't make you hallucinate. You know what I'm saying? An audio frequency shouldn't make you see things that shouldn't well, be there. Make, it makes well, more doesn't sense it vibrate at a certain level and maybe that's what it is? It, it connects with your inner body yes. and it syncs and, up and that's how you, boom, you, you're gone. You're gone. You're gone. And you have to get your body down to four to seven hertz. And uh, then you travel, and it was it was it was amazing, brother. Like uh, I'm right. you, it was amazing and terrible all at the same time. Right. Because like Wait. I had one, I was one of the ones that had a trip that was like half good, half absolutely right. negative. Once but the lady were, showed up, it and went. And you have no off. control, right? Nothing, not no, no you, control you just, at all. Whatever happens, happens. Essentially, you're just going, dude. You're just going. You know, uh, like I said that I was riding in a car. I was a kid and I was watching the street lights come by or the, the telephone poles fly by. 
I could feel the coldness of the window on my face. And there was some lady in the car with me. And I didn't know who it was. And then you have another guy that did it say, yeah, I seen Stacy. He was standing outside of a car with some lady. I, he was a kid. I just knew it was Stacy. I didn't know it was Stacy, but I just knew. And it's like, what, what are the chances? You All know right, what I'm yeah. saying? And like, but okay. once this lady showed up, it went negative. Like this lady showed up and then this lady let herself be known after the experiment was over. Ah. It, it got nuts. And then another thing we did was we brought in Carl Johnson, who was the original investigator at Conjuring House. Uh, and we performed a seance ritual. Uh, I don't know if people will believe that. What happened, I don't know if people will believe it. Like, I can't say what happens, but it's so wild. I don't know if people will believe it. That's all I could say. And, and that's I, coming out? <laughs> and that, that's coming out. All right, <laughs> that, that's coming out. Like, there was there was some uh, some strange shit went on. And then, like, so they got mad at Carl, which Carl done a seance in there, I guess, a hundred times. And they were telling me, oh, he's just going to go to this thing and nothing happens. Apparently, Carl, like, I told Carl we had free access to do what we wanted. And I just needed him to do something that made stuff happen. And Carl, like, did it. <laughs> Carl did it, and it, was, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. I know that. But it was, it was, it was definitely something else. Right. Are you, are you not afraid that something might follow you back or attach itself to you when you do those things? And uh, well, it's it's uh, I mean, in a way, yeah. But at, and and another time, I'm I'm the one that wants to see for proof. That's how I have been. Like, so right. what if something attaches to me? I want to see it. I want to know there's something after this life. I'll do whatever I got to do to figure that out. Uh, I mean, if there was somebody, if I had some doctors that would do like a flatliners experiment with us and like kill us <laughs> all for movie. three three movies or three right. minutes, yeah. let us die for three minutes and let's see what happens and bring us back, but they can't guarantee that. And yes, we have checked into that. <laughs> so, like, because <laughs> I'm being hell. Let's let's go to a haunted house and do a flatliners experiment. You know, let's see what happens. But they can't guarantee they bring you back. Right, so I don't That's know. Liability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I want to come back because I do enjoy all this right. stuff. But after doing the 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 uh, what did he call? It? He called it the Stargate. Like, cause it's like that frequency is playing like the uh, Aereo. What is it called? There's some kind of message that we sent off into space in the seventies. Um, and there's like we were positioned in the Sepa symbol, which is a pentagram, but was actually has been used throughout. Like even the like Sumerians had pentagrams like the Egyptian in the Egyptian tombs yeah. they have pentagrams on the wall but they called them a sepa symbol and it was supposed to be a gateway to the next side now it's viewed as this terribly demonic right you know what I mean and I think a lot of that's the government and I think they don't want us to know about this reality we only perceive two percent of this reality anyways means there's like 98 percent of shit out here that are on different frequencies. I think heaven and hell are all right here. 
it's just on a different frequency and we can't perceive it. And I think once we die, once we change, this is just a part. Once we once we go on, uh, all this, you know, isn't coincidence. There's another part to it, and that part was great. Like the love I felt, just the when I seen my children, you know, I seen I guess a grandchild. I didn't know who the kid was, but I know I loved that kid so much. Right. It was amazing, dude. It was 47 minutes long and it, it was like badass, dude. <laughs> so. so last last question, Stacy, before we because I know you gotta go and all that, but um if you had unlimited resources, meaning like say somebody came to you with D pockets, they said we'll give get you whatever you need, equipment, whatever, do you think that you're you would be able to find out what Sasquatch is or skunk ape? Unlimited resources. Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. What do you think you would need in order to find out? Like, for instance, would you need like, let's say, because usually when people go out uh, exploring, everything that I've seen from finding Bigfoot to whatever is always like a few people. So if you had like a thousand people to go out with you, you, you think that's I would, finding... I would put it probably at 20 people, 20, maybe 30. That's all you need, you think? I think that would be all I would need to make a serious discovery. Uh, and just time. Yeah, I don't need no tools. Right. I mean, sure, it would help to have a, a camera with a really good lens, a zoom lens, so I can film these things off from a ways. Uh, you know, but where I want to be is where I'm, I'm seeing them do. We never see the Sasquatch doing what they're doing, what they do. All we ever see is them crossing the road or running up on us in the woods and running off. We never actually observe them in their daily habits. That's what I want to do. I want to be brought in. You know what I mean? Maybe they need, you know, a good-looking Southern man to mate with a young one, like a, like a, you know, an upcoming mother. She's in her twenties. She needs, she needs to have kids, and she needs to. They need to bring me in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, I think just if you had time to where you could pay the bills, right. and you could stay out there then yes i think that definitely would uh be the be the way to go i think that would be the best bet you know you just have to be able to take care of the shit you know for your family and stuff like that so it it's hard but i i, I think if i had a a well-funded 30-day expedition i could do it that's awesome dude i yeah, yeah i believe it i believe i believe with unlimited resources yeah for sure you're, you're going to be able to find something. I live in Orlando. Are there Sasquatch in Orlando? Uh, very near. Very close. Very Kissimmee? Close. You, uh, you ain't got to ride far. Maybe an hour up once you're from Ocala. An hour? Yeah, Ocala National Forest. Yeah, right there in Wildwood. Yeah. Uh, you know, Wildwood, if, you turn, if you're coming down 75 and you make that left on 75 to go towards Orlando uh right there wildwood where that first little place you roll into sightings there i mean there's sightings all the way almost up to city limits wow that's crazy uh, man so um yeah. other than part two of that skunk ape experiments which i want to know when is that coming out what else do you have uh you know what what do you have planned okay so next um my next steps part two it's a three-part. It's a trilogy. So part two will be out. I'm almost done with that one right now. Um, 
so then part two and part three have come out. There's the Outcast film coming out about uh, we went up to the Nebraska Omaha reservation. And uh, so we got a film. They took us out and we did like looking for the Sitonga with them, which is their Bigfoot. Um, got that film's going to be coming out and the Conjuring film's coming out um, probably January ish. So this will all be between now and probably February every month or two months we'll be dropping an episode um then after that we're going to investigate david david eckhart's house again um it really cool like lifelong abduction uh encounter there and uh got a podcast outcast paranormal podcast gonna be coming out and besides that i got a series i'm going to do that's just bigfoot uh by myself uh called becoming bigfoot where i'll just i have a different guest every episode uh but i'm just gonna be bigfoot and basically by myself you know out there just going for it you know right awesome uh, dude. boots on the ground research yeah so all right my man so thank you so much for doing this i really appreciate you brother um and i'd love to have you on once you drop more projects like to have you back on we talk about those projects and uh, yeah, man, thank you very much, bro. Hey, no problem, bud. I had a great time, man. Don't, don't, don't leave yet. After I stop the recording, I All still right, want to I got you, you for a little bit. <laughs> All right, everybody, thank you so much for watching. Uh, I'll have Stacy back. He's an awesome dude. Thank you, brother. Peace. Later.